Well, the Fed minutes came out this morning and at that last meeting they talked about the fact that there was still a significant inflation risk and you want the evidence. Exhibit A, UK CPI, shows that the core number hasn't really budged, it's still high and services inflation is going up as they went on holiday, not all of them, to watch the World Cup. So the RBNZ is on hold, but can we take that for granted anymore, anywhere? It seems like for many parts of the world there's more to do. For Australia, well, let's have a gander at those employment numbers later on today before we make that call. It's Thursday, the 17th of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is up again, up only 0.3%, but it keeps on getting added to. In fact, in the last month, the DXY has climbed almost 4.7% higher, and it was higher earlier in the session. It was brought down by the FRMC minutes, then it climbed back up again. The Aussie has been hit disproportionately hard. It's down half percent at 64.2 US cents. The pound is up 0.1%. Actually, the Aussie down 12.5% against the pound since the start of the year. Today, the US dollar is up 0.6% against the Japanese yen, and and more bond movement, 10-year Treasury yields got up six basis points to 4.27%, pretty much the high point of the year so far. UK 10 years are up six basis points to 4.64%, close to the highest they've been since 2008. In same story for two-year gilts, which rose seven basis points, almost to 5.2%. Same deal. You've got to go back to 2008 to see them around this high. Uh, Aussie 10-year yields yesterday were falling down five, five basis points to 4.21%. Uh, not much change on that on futures overnight. Most uh, of Europe was falling to Two 10-year yields down a couple of basis points in Germany and France. Shares continue to slide after that big 1.5% fall on the ASX yesterday. A further 1.2% fall on the Nasdaq. The S&P down three quarters of 1% at close. The Dow down half percent. Those falls accelerating towards the close. The FTSE 100 down 0.4%. The DAX did manage to venture slightly into the green. And oil continues to fall. 1.9% off Brent getting close to 83 a barrel. 2.2% off W2 closing down, getting close to 79, uh, even with a fall of almost 6 million barrels in US inventories last week. So today, Gavin Friend joins me from NAB in London. Look, Gavin, we have strict instructions. We're not allowed to mention the word soccer or lioness or gloat. <laughs> not, none of those words. But look, uh, the UK has got nothing to celebrate when it comes to inflation, has it? Because it clearly hasn't peaked. CPI yesterday, the headline rate was down. Uh, the core rate uh, hasn't uh, really moved at all, and services inflation mm. has started to lift again. Yeah, so uh, I mean, the good news, let's dispense with that first, is that the headline rate of inflation did fall um, to 6.8% from 79 That's the second month we've had a decent rundown. We knew this was coming this time around anyway, because unlike last time, which was a surprise, this was led down by... Uh, changes to prices for uh, utilities, electricity and gas prices. We knew they were coming through. Um, and we're going to get more of those in the months ahead, uh, which will help bring that headline rate down. To your point, the core rate, uh, disappointing, unchanged at 6.9%, um, just a tenth above the forecast. Um, uh, and the services rate, um, you know, which continues to defy um, expectations, um, jumped up, as you say, another couple of tenths. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't yet look it's not clear whether that that whether that services rate has actually peaked yet or not. We know, you know, wage wages are one factor there. We know things like rents um, are not helping airline costs those kinds of things uh, mm. and it's clearly going to take um, you know a bit longer uh, for these things to turn around 
On the good side, um, prices fell uh, on the month and the annual rate is is coming down quite nicely, as it is around the world. Uh, and we can expect more of that, you know, as we go forward in time. And the hope is that um, in a few months, all this will start to, you know, the lower headline rate of inflation. And we, we still expect to get somewhere down to somewhere around 5% by the end of the year, and probably a couple of months before that with a couple of months to spare. Um, given we're going to get something like one and a half percentage points drop off due to lower energy costs right. again in October. But that headline, right, um, that's, not, and that, that's not what the Bank of England's going to be looking at, of course. No, no, but, that, but that'll help. My point is that that'll help uh, moderate some of the wage rises. Right. You know, the wage mm. numbers that you talked to Ray um, about in yesterday's podcast, very elevated, very strong. They were for June. They would have been based on wage settlements in March and April. So they they do lag. But they've got to, you know, they need to see this clear deceleration in the headline rate further than it is now right. before those numbers those start to come back. Those two bits of news, that, that wage data and then this core data and particularly the services data, I mean, is that meaning that there's, you know, the heightened expectation now? We did see the expectation going over 100% for that 25 basis point at the next meeting. So in other words, yeah. moving from 25 yeah, to 50. Yeah, does I, it edge even closer towards 50 now? No, I don't think it does. I don't think you start. I don't think you – I know there are – some people calling for a move as aggressive of that as that, but at least late, late in the game, with you know two thirds of the um, five hundred and ten basis points as it is so far that they've done in the last uh, nearly two years, um, still to work its way through, you know, to, to to go and shock the system with another fifty basis points. These are lagging indicators. Wages are they will start to come back as the headline rate starts to come back down again. Um, and so I think, you know, if, if you look at economists, you know, pretty much lined up for 25 in September. Don't remember, don't forget, we get, we'll get another CPI report before that, as we will in the US. Um, you know, and then uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, economists at the moment are coalescing around 5.5%, even though markets on the wage numbers this week are thinking more like closer to 6%, five and three quarters, 6%. But um, as I say, in the fullness of time, and as those headline, headline numbers come down, you'd expect the markets to moderate that uh, that pricing. Now, the Fed minutes out this morning sounding fairly hawkish, weren't they? Suggesting more tightening might be possible. Uh, most Fed officials saw significant upside risks to inflation, the minute says. Uh, and, uh, you know, do we, does that mean we have to rethink this soft landing and perhaps the terminal rate for the Fed, looking through those minutes? Well, so that so that was in, in terms of the key takeaways from these minutes from the late July meeting. That was the hawkish on the one side. On the other Two, albeit non-voters um, in the pack, said that they could have um, held rates steady. The minutes gave no definitive steer on the next rate decision, saying you know future moves which should depend on the totality of incoming information. And you know on that we know that inflation has come down nicely at the headline level. We're down at three percent. It's not two percent, but it's come down probably quicker than most people thought. Um, and and in a, in a way where we've not seen a disruptive uh, rise in the unemployment rate, um, you know, which is which is encouraging. Um, but I think the takeaway: it's early days. We we'll see how this moves in the next few hours. But because the sort of narratives narrative has shifted in the last two or three weeks, where yields have pushed up, we've seen something of a steepening of the curve. The dollar's pushed up because of that 
resilience that we're seeing in some of the activity data in the US, I think the minutes probably have more relevance from the hawkish side, simply because it's not a new message, but it's got more relevance against the backdrop today versus the backdrop when the meeting was had. And so I think that's why, you know, it's it's the the the, the path of least resistance clearly seems to be at the moment a higher dollar and uh, steepening of the curve yields moving up and whether that's because you know because of the strength of the the US economy uh in terms of the activity numbers relative to others whether it's also because of um you know increased treasury issuance i yeah. mean we we shouldn't forget that part of the strength of the US economy is because of government spending which has then therefore led to greater well, this, issuance this is, and that is helping yield yeah, up, exactly. well this is point that Larry Summers is making on Bloomberg TV so he thinks inflation is going to trend around 2.5% for the next decade or so but with more government spending it could mean 10 year yields are going to stick at around 4.75% for a decade well yeah that's that's one view um i think we're in that uh, betwixt and between period at the moment where inflation has come down quite nicely but not yet as far as it needs to go but activity numbers as i say are still strong we need to see you know there's been a lot of monetary tightening in a very short space of time it's designed to slow the economy uh and and it and it will do um but we need to sit, probably get through into you know later this year to find out and get clearer signs of that slowdown um and then and then things will change markets at the moment are still looking for um, around 150 basis points off of the Fed funds rate through Fed funds target range rate through uh, 2024 to around about four percent or just above four percent from five and a half. I mean that's that doesn't seem consistent at the moment given you know the strength of the activity Seems numbers. optimistic. I mean the, the the Atlanta Fed is talking about you know over five percent now for, for the coming quarter, but of course you know. Um, th- th- you know, things will slow over time and uh, those expectations will change. Well, uh, talking about that resilience, I mean, building permits were up in July. Industrial production is up 1% month on month. Manufacturing production is up 0.5%. You know, this is why people are, t- are talking soft landing, of course. But, but I mean, we also have to note, however, that the previous month and some of those numbers have been revised downwards. So they so they actually appear better than they really are. Yeah, it's also it's also the case on those housing numbers. I mean, if you look at it, it was it was led by, um, single housing starts mm. light and one factor there would have been the shortage of existing home supply yeah. uh, out there because 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 folk don't want to give up their very low 30 uh, year mortgage um, you know to move ha- they, they have to stay in their home if they want to keep that mortgage and thereby it's pushing new home buyers um, who will be taking today actually the 30 year uh, loan fixed uh, rose to its highest level of 7.16, t- touching a multi-year high. Mm. Um, and so it's pushing those buyers, uh, where they are, into the new housing market. And that's 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 another reason why permits are also uh, also up. That story we've been covering week after week now. Uh, look, the RBNZ, very quickly, we've got a few things to cover off before we finish. The RBNZ kept things on hold, uh, but their statement said uh, they could be holding rates high for some time. So nothing new there, I guess. Uh, they say there's still the, the you know the risk that inflation doesn't slow as much as expected again you know that seems to be the story everywhere you know it's not over yet necessarily yeah it does and i mean in new zealand at the moment they've got some signs of inflation persistence thanks to sort of local rates excise duties insurance costs and those some higher pre- uh, petrol prices and that's all kind of keeping inflation bubbling over a little bit um against that as my colleagues at bnz are at pains to point out we do have no shortage of evidence of uh, 
economic weakness in terms of the PMIs. The PSIs have turned down. They've turned negative recently. Dairy prices have slumped, which will hit already pressured uh, rural earnings. There's a there's falling discretionary spending. There's um, still a concern know, about rates. inflation. Yeah, yeah, and so that's why I think the RBNZ has just been a little bit cautious yeah. on that. The risks of a weaker economy are still there. Right. The CSI 300 down again today, seven of the eight last sessions. Uh, The stimulus that everyone is looking for isn't coming. Uh, We've seen a small cut in the medium lending facility. It isn't going to do it really, is it? Uh, That, again, is presumably why the Aussie gets weaker and weaker, far beyond the gains that we've seen in 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 the US dollar the last few days. Where does this end? Well, yeah, and all the focus is on China at the moment, isn't it? And uh, all of the policy initiatives, uh, the tweaks that they're doing aren't um, really helping or not stopping the rot at the moment. And increasingly, you know, financial markets are, are, are asking and expecting more aggressive action. Um, the currency is taking it, the, you know, on the chin. Um, that's not surprising. You know, the, the PBOC is trying to just uh, stem the, the, the sort of, um, you know, the, the aggressiveness of those moves. But really, a, a lower CMY is something that will help pull up inflation. Um, so it's probably part of the plan. But we're getting to some really interesting levels now, 732 and change um, on the uh, on the dollar CMY. And to your point about what this means for the Aussie, of course, all else equal, um, it tends to drag the Aussie down. And I would note on a trade-weighted basis, that's the Aussie has now given up all of those gains over the last few months, which is something that isn't helpful to the RBA as it tries to bring inflation mm. back. It doesn't target the exchange rate, of course, but it's something that... Um, isn't helpful. Well, what about the employment numbers? Because we get those today. Remember, we've had a couple of strong months, 39,300 in June. The unemployment rate stuck at around 3.5%. Michelle Bullock, who's the, of course, the incoming governor of the RBA, has said the rate would need to get up to 4.5% to curb inflation. Well, I'm not sure what she's going to do to get it there. Well, I mean, month-to-month swings in employment growth um, tend to be volatile, um, um, but so strong has it been in recent months that uh, the trend of growth of employment has been around about 39,000 new jobs a month. Uh, and NAB, we're just looking at some of the stuff we've seen in our, um, in our business survey on employment intentions, the job ads you see in seek data the job the general job vacancies numbers and, and it's suggesting there's a slight softening going on there you know it's, it's still robust but it's slight softening and so we're looking for fifteen thousand today in terms of the new job creation and a slight uptick to 3.6 to your point in the unemployment rate it's still a long way from yeah from a long way from uh, four and, from, and a half from, isn't it yeah yeah, I guess you know to the point we we you know we heard from the RBA for the minutes um, from the uh, early August meeting, um, and you know um, the, the takeaway line there was members observed a, a, you know a, a credible path back to the inflation target with the cash rate staying at its at its present level as as one as one possibility, and I suppose to the extent that the labour market is a tad softer, tad less tight, that place to that view, but uh, there's a long way to go. Right, and we get the uh, the weekly jobless claims for the US tonight, plus the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index, which includes employment, new orders, prices paid, all useful stuff, if we can rely on it. Lots of Japan data as well, exports and imports that are expected to fall, but what about machinery orders? Uh, that'll give us a take on where Japan is heading right now before uh, we get the inflation numbers uh, tomorrow morning. So, uh, yeah, the whole Japan picture in the next 24 hours. That'll do for now, though. Look, uh, don't mention the soccer. I did once, but I think we got away with it. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Gavin. And you, Phil. Cheers. And Dave DeGarris is joining me tomorrow morning for the next edition of The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Have a great day.